big warm welcome to our podcast guest today, Fern Millen. Welcome to the podcast, Fern. Oh, thank you for having me, Jess, Fern. Great to have you on, Fern. Finally, on our podcast, we've been sort of back and forth on emails, I think, since late last year, haven't we? Oh, amazing. Well, it's great to see uh, local people, you know, supporting the creative arts industry, especially after COVID last year. And it's really yeah. nice to have a conversation around what art is and what it means to our community. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're looking forward to a chat today. And I guess we could say you're, you're a stalwart of the creative industry in Torquay and the Surf Coast. Oh, well, I hadn't actually thought about myself like that. I feel like, uh, you know, I sort of transcend all boundaries. I don't really think of myself as just being particularly Surf Coast orientated. Now with yeah. the digital world, your, your work expands to, you know, talk to people all over the world, communicate. But I, I'm very lucky and I'm lucky to call Janja home and I have my yeah. studio here and I've had that for 10 years set up here in Janjak and I love it. Yeah, it's a cool space there. We can see it in the background, but obviously our listeners can't. Let's jump straight into it. Can you take us back to your beginnings, I guess, as a creative, as an artist, as a photographer? Where did your passion begin? I'd say, you know, as a young person growing up in Geelong, um, I uh, did have a, had a mentor, Peter Vanderveer, who was a, had a beautiful photographic studio and he used to come and photograph us at the Geelong College doing theatre and I thought I'll do my work experience with him and ended up at the studio at Anderstalt Studio, which is above the Ryan Goal, just in um, in town there. And uh, it was a fantastic you know, experience as a 15-year-old going into the studio, seeing the artists at work with these giant bathtubs printing, you know, massive, massive prints. And, and I ended up, uh, my two weeks turned into sort of a journey of at least a year going in there, helping out um, in exchange for speculars, any Dutch goodies and Perhaps a little bit of cask wine. <laughs> but, uh, you bit know, of juice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, not that I partook. Um, there was a really <laughs> lovely atmosphere and I thought, gee, this art world, this is great. I mean, even though my mum is an artist, painter, printmaker, um, <laughs> it was just nice to be around other people and to see how they did their art practice. And so yeah. that was early start. Um, same sort of at the same time I you know was doing my own photography and I had a little exhibition called A Slice of Life which was people on the streets of Geelong and Melbourne and Peter Vanderveer helped me um you know realize that and um that was my first exhibition about 15 or 16 yeah wow 16 wow so that was a passion for you very early on it wasn't like you uh you know, frustrate. A lot of our guests, they tend to end up in jobs that they don't particularly like. They end up in the city or wherever and it's not an ideal situation for them and then they end up getting out and making a transition into something more creative. But for you, mm. it started very early on. Well, I mean, I think my bigger dream was to be an actor and I went to VCA oh, wow. and started acting as well as photography. And I essentially um, didn't realise that dream but realised that I was interested in photographing performance and performance could be in itself the everyday, people in community and society looking at the performance of the everyday life. But most exciting for me was to get down to the Barwon Club and photograph some musos, you know, Magic Dirt or whoever was there, and sneak in the back door as a 16-year-old and do some film photography or pan studios. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, and that led to me working at art, like various um, festivals. And so I think for me... I always wanted to be that muso or that actor, but I I fell back on my first passion or my first art practice, which was photography. And mm. I ended up being a photographer of the arts, of the music and theatre, and 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 that's where it led me to portrait works. Was um, yeah. 
That's cool. So you found a way eventually. And did you go on to formal studies after high school? Did you go that far? I did. I, look, I was torn between whether I should get a real job or not. And I, my first choice at university was BCA, Victorian College of Arts. But I thought, oh, I've got to do folio as showing for that as well. Um, but I managed to get into Melbourne Uni uh, Visual um, Biotechnology to then eventually become a doctor. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. But uh, I went, but my parents, fortunately, I have a really supportive family. And my parents said, uh, well, I did get into VCA and it was called Visual and Performing Arts back then, um, a bachelor in majoring in both visual arts and performing arts. And, mm-hmm. and I went for my passion and I decided that's where my heart really lies. And, and uh, obviously having supportive family around you encourage you to realise that dream. And so that's been an ongoing thing. I spent six years at VCA um, and I'm, you know, I got to explore things like Japanese theatre, theatre design, set design, photography, printmaking, you know, painting, the whole gamut, and um, finally majoring in photography with my major and theatre studies. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, I think we need to redo the intro, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Fern Millen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't actually high enough to, uh, to get into a doctor, but I would have to pre study. But I just really love science and I think interestingly if you look at photography it's a scientific art like we're working with like the science of light we're drawing with light basically I mean Mm. if you you break down the word photography it is you know essentially light photo light drawing Um, and I really love that uh, there's you're looking at the energy of light and and all those things so I I mean I get a little bit too kind of who hurry about it all but I really think about that connection for all of us is equal for everyone. We, we, we exist in our energy zones and we're surrounded by energy spaces, especially in the surf coast. We've got such amazing, yeah. I think it's an amazing place. It's got a great energy and great vibe. But I think that is in, in essence is what I want to capture with my lens, whether it be people in the landscape, people doing their things or simply just people, people mm. in their essence, in their energy. And, mm. and I think um, the science of that also, as, we, as, as you know, kind of, extrapolates from the lens and comes into a computer now and we're working through all these other technologies to deliver a story to the to the world we're trying to deliver these stories through all these you know capturing this light coming through the camera into the thing whether you're bluetoothing it to your phone putting it online there's something going on that's got a scientific element so since so in essence that's where um that crossover is for me and so yeah yeah bca and finally think I'll get down to the surf coast. I moved in with my folks in 2003 into Pride Street in Torquay and I was sort of exploring this idea of what am I going to do now because I'm not in, I don't know if I want to be in Melbourne. I think I can make it work here. And walking on the beach and getting inspired to think I can still travel and, you know, and um, I, I started working for a magazine called Surf Coast Living, which began in about 2000 and I was their prime uh, you know, um, sort of photojournalist. So I'd go. Right. And that magazine still runs today, doesn't it? Um, Is not the one with all the real estate ads. Well, That's it was of... actually fall. It actually lasted about six years and 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 did not continue. But there is a similar one which I think is just called Living, and I've yeah. done a little bit of work for them. So it was actually the first one that came out called Surf Coast Living was just in this area, and I got to. Do, do all that work um, it was a freebie. So it was really like, a, uh, in essence, it encouraged me to get connected with community here 
and develop relationships. And it took me about three years and then I finished up there and essentially I thought, oh, I'm going to do a um, a little business, niece business course and I set up my business and um, I started to leverage off those connections and actually start photographing for these businesses. And um, essentially I thought, well, if I can make commercial photography work, that will support my art practice as well, which is more of the art direction and, you know, other aspects of creativity. So, and, and I somehow yeah. have to keep pinching myself. I think maybe yeah. I'm a fake or maybe this is not real or maybe I should <laughs> go get a day job, but I still seem to be hanging. It looks real in the background anyway. It definitely looks real, yeah. <laughs> Got some nice portraits there. But uh, one of the big questions we like to ask our guests is, you know, that fear around pursuing their passion and creativity did you ever feel pressure from family, friends to go down a, a more conventional path back in the early days, especially 20 years ago? I mean, now it's pretty acceptable to be an entrepreneur and a creative and entrepreneurs got different connotations now. And back in the day, was there pressure? Well, if you don't mind me taking that from the now and going backwards, um, I feel like COVID hit and I lost 80% of my work. And, um, wow, 80%. And, I, and I, I suppose, of course, your family are concerned and they're, and the immediate friends and family, and they said, well, maybe you should get, you know, a part-time job or perhaps, you know, you could look at other things. And, of course, being the stubborn person I am, I dug my heels in and I went to town writing grants and I managed to get four last year from Creative Victoria, Regional Arts Victoria, sorry, and um, City of Melbourne and and Geelong Arts Centre helped me to actually realise the dream of my arts. Uh, And I thought, God, you know, I'm glad that I've gotten to this point where actually I really know what I want to do because I'm sticking to it. Whereas yeah. say 20 years ago when I was starting out, I um, I always knew that I had to really focus on the commercial aspect of the photography and I didn't really feel like an artist. I felt like I was really creating imagery to fit for them, to suit mm-hmm. them. But uh, over time you realise, well, that is your art. It's everything from the meeting with the client, talking about what they want, creating the vision for them and assisting with them to see what who they are and what they want. But, oh, yeah, of course, there was times there at the start I definitely had a little part-time job. I worked at a Japanese restaurant, first one, Toke, yep. cutting sashimi, creating these little delicacies in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> one of my best friends now is my boss from then, uh, Claire. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, from Seaweed Sushi. Uh, it was really good because then you'd be in there making sushi and all the best surfers would be coming in during bells yeah. and, you know, they'd be, you know, stocking up on their sashimi. And uh, so there's nothing, you know, wrong with taking a few little part-time jobs because it actually informs your work as a creative anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and I think there's a few little things. I worked in a ski shop in Melbourne, and a few little cafes, but uh, essentially just kept plugging away and plugging away and, you know, after about, Five years, I had a, a steady business and, and so I could just stick to the creative income, yeah. Well, there you go. So you say it took five years. Are you going to ask a question there, Jess? Yeah. So when did you um, open your get to open your studio in Jianjuk? Well, um, I was, let me see, I was just about to have a baby. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> so, and I thought I was working from a studio, um, still in Melbourne, I had a studio at Kindred Studios, which was up. Uh, near Yarraville um, and that's now owned by Footscray Tape I think and they basically use it as a creative industry space for creating 
photography, theatre, um, video. So I worked there in the early stages, sort of early 2000 or late 90s, early 2000s and set up a studio there. Yep. Um, and I was sort of thinking, I was still kind of sweat hogging it from Janjuk to Yarraville up and back, uh, or Torquay at the time, sorry. And I thought, oh, I love this space. It was huge. I photographed Daddy Cool there and um, mm-hmm. a lot of bands, a lot of artists. And I, because it was a real, I was a rooftop of like the recording studio. So it was, you know, probably 16 square. Like it was massive and I loved it, but I had to sort of bring everything in. Yeah. And I thought when I, well, my ex-husband and I had bought this place in Janjak and we thought, well, I think it's time to convert this carport into a like a custom built studio so I can actually do my work and stick around and have the baby monitor on and, you know, work yeah. out around my lifestyle here and and by, by surprise. So that was in 2000 and sort of 13. Um so sort of eight years ago when my daughter was born, like I sort of moved into it and when she was only six months old, it was all finished and, uh, and it was a really great, like a great she shed for me because I could yeah. kind of not, I kind of got to be in that traditional sense, you know, typically in the womb in the sense of feeling comforted in a close family space, yeah. feeling feminine yeah. and, and, you know, and but supported in that I could still continue to be creative. And, and when I was pregnant, I was very, very creative. I was you know, kicking goals in my, my art career and um, sometimes you think it might be good to get pregnant again just so you can <laughs> so you know, that spurt of creativity. It just <laughs> adds and explodes out of you. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> in addition to a baby after nine months, <laughs> that explodes out of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way this story, this conversation is going. <laughs> we'll stop right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, a studio, I know, is a big decision and a big call for a lot of creatives. It must be fairly obvious that the studio is important to you and studio work. And do you shoot much outdoors? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, really, I think this place is the hub of creative ideas, brainstorming, portraiture, but obviously that has its limitations. And and often, sometimes I'll get, a, you know, someone to come in to do a portrait, but then we'll head outdoors down to our lovely coast. You know, yeah. and head down to Bird Rock or uh, or Point Danger or wherever we need to do to to extend the shoot. So there's obviously this balance of creative ideas we can, you know, sort of do the on you know out on in 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 environment and we can get indoors. So if I'm doing some fashion, we could do like a photo shoot here um, with a black or grey or white background and then shoot off down to yeah our lovely beach. You got that flexibility there. Yeah. Another big thing for creatives uh, that we like to talk about is challenges. You know, we look at you now, you, you spoke briefly about your, your challenges there in 2020 with Corona and losing 80% of your clientele. I gather, I hope that's coming back, mm. you know, not in droves, but gradually coming back. But I gather you've seen it all in the last 20 years as well. But would you say 2020 was your biggest challenge yet or has there been other major challenges? Uh, I think oh, 2020 was certainly... Um... A challenge but I rose above it because I felt like the creativity oozed out of me in a way in the response to uh, being able to put food on the table for my daughter um, and also in, ensure that I could cover the expenses of a home and and so I think you know I have been through some tough times but mm. I really rose above it and managed to produce uh, my biggest exhibition yet at Geelong Arts Centre in February mm. um, on Water on Country which was beautiful 
um, connection and, and collaboration with Karina Eccles, um, Proud Wadarong Woman, and with the Wadarong Corporation. And it was really lovely to be able to connect into what's important. I think that's what last year, the reason I rose above it, I connected into what's important, feeling connected to community and, and also um, supporting our Aboriginal people and understanding what it means to be connected to country because we had no choice, really. We were stuck here. We were, we were sort of... Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's not too bad to be stuck on the surf coast, but it's also really nice to explore yeah. um, people and the place we live. And, and How did that concept come up? How did... With oh, <laughs> just channeled into me, but I think about four or five years ago, I, I think I met Karina through Geelong City working for events and um, I'd see the Welcome to Countries and I was always that kid at the front of the stage going, wow, I wanna, you know, really want to know about this. So, And I was also that <laughs> young adult at the, the government events going, oh, I really want to know about the Welcome to Country. Why is it just a tokenistic thing at the start of our, our gatherings? And, and I just thought, well, that's got to be the event. And I just started to create a friendship with Karina over the last five years. And we, um, and in that time, I thought there's more to just, just sitting on the surface as a friend with her. I want to really get to know more about um, our Wadarong people and the country in which I was born and I now live still. And I think it's, um, it just came about because I think over those few years and talking to Karina and then we applied for a Geelong Arts Centre grant to further develop it, but then that all sort of stopped because of COVID. And then I thought, well, actually, I can work one-on-one -on -one in my studio with her last May. And we managed to, to, to sort of start the process of interviewing. Um, so it involves sort of stories of, of our Wadarong plus the, the portrait and look at what how we would design the portraits to sort of fit um, to create a bit of unified, unified um, vision for the project of everyone being photographed. So yeah, that was a challenge. I think there was also, um, but I overcome it and I created sort of a harmonious um, project. I think all also this is go, this is where we go deep. But I did have suffer from mental health when I was in my late teens, early twenties. So I think when you ask me about challenges, I think that probably informed who I am now because I can, you know, I, I really um, respond to humanity and people being heard and being seen and feeling, you know, uh, feeling worthy of, of being heard. And so I feel like that's been part of my journey. And I was able to have the flexibility as an artist, create my own hours, um, work within, not within a structural, you know, confined sort of um, sort of structural way, nine to five. And, and that way I could sort of, and also develop a relationship with my clientele that we had sort of could understand, oh, when's the best time to do this? And we should aim to do this. And, and it was, became more seasonal. So it was yeah. based on weather and timing and yeah. people feeling good about themselves. Like that's yeah. when we can do a great portrait, when you feel good. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just been a really um, great challenge, you know, I've, I'm not sort of afraid to talk about mental health. I'll be running a mental health event later in this year on the Surf Coast, um, yeah. which involves a lot of Surf Coast creatives, and yeah. uh, that's called Ungrind Your Mind. So that's going to be... Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's really about, like, you know, and, and I think that challenge faces one in five people, but I reckon in the art mm. world it might be one in two or three. I was going to say, um, it's, it seems to be a, a common thread among some of our guests and or a lot of our guests is that mental health battle. And a lot of artists and creatives tend to go through it very early on in their careers. As you said, late teens, early 20s. Yeah. 
Uh, you still struggle with that to this day? Like there's still moments when uh, I think I found with it. Or you found yeah. a way. Oh, look, I've, you know, I haven't been, uh, well, I would say sort of clinically unwell or on medicines since 2003. And I can attribute that to having a supportive family, supporting network of people around you. I can attribute to, to, to me following my passion, loving what I do. Um, so my heart's happy. Mm. I can also attribute that to my lifestyle with, you know, being here, learning to, I'm, I'm a novice surfer, but I love being in the ocean and walking on the trails around here and, and nature's a huge thing. I, I really yeah. don't think I could um, be as functioning as I can, could if I would decide to be in the city. Yeah. Great place to visit, great place to be involved yeah. in and do my work and then see you later, I'm heading home. <laughs> Back to the surf coast for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah it's great to get big clients in the city and all the rest and they pay good money and, but God, you wouldn't trade the lifestyle any day of the week, would you? Yeah, no. city versus surf coast. Yeah, and it's good to have, you know, I've got a few <clears throat> creative families <laughs> up in Northcote and Elwood and, you know, I can go for a visit and they also, you know, do the same with me. So it's a win-win for all. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, just a question on your on your family, if you can go back a little bit, but you said you had a lot of support from family. Did you come from a family of artists and creatives or? Yeah, um, well, mum was an award-winning artist from Elton back in the 70s, but she... Follow, didn't follow her career as an artist. She became an art teacher at the various schools around Geelong uh, because my dad was offered a career at the Deakin University when it was first beginning. Um, and so that was in 90, oh, when was that, sorry, 74, I think he, they moved to Ocean Grove um, in the 70s and mum and dad were stuck out there and, um, but he would drive into Deakin. I'm sure the roads weren't even made back then. So he'd be hoofing it down to Deakin University where he was a professor of uh, sociology and um, sat on the board or he he was organised a lot and he was um, involved in the NTU, National Tertiary Education Union, so he was a real unionist and, yeah, sociologist. So I suppose he spent a lot of time observing people and behaviour and then this is where it's kind of like I'm a little bit like the in-betweener because he's a sociologist observing people and my mum... Uh, was more of a had the creative aspect but didn't photograph uh, paint people or she was more into abstract landscape and still is and her and I'll be exhibiting together or having our open studio for the surf coast arts trail this year in Aries and so she she was a fine art printer and abstract expressionist painter and beautiful so I think I got a bit of them both and they got melded together and that creative me as a photograph photographer was sort of like seeing the world through the creative lens yeah. of, um, you know, as, as an observer of people. And uh, I, I, that's how I see myself, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating how you get a bit of both, yeah. balance from both. Actually, another common thread for a lot of our guests, they have one parent that's kind of uh, fairly technical and structured and another parent who's a bit more artistic and creative. So that's interesting as well. But yeah. in terms of your photography and artwork, do you have a favourite genre? For photography or visual arts? I really like the sense of emotion coming through a photograph in a portrait. So I, I really like a really strong black and white image mm. that just says more than perhaps what um, just the visual elements mean. Like I was very fortunate to have Archie Roach here in the studio and interview him. Um, I think that was probably seven years ago. And he got to talk to me about 
you know, um, being you know in the stolen generation, deep issues and things that are uh, connected to the the, heart, the harsh reality of history of this country and colonialisation. And so I feel very privileged and to have had him here and spend half a day out in the bush here with Jan Jack and Joe wow. and you know with his manager and and um, I think that really for me there was something you know the essence of him him being able to to respect you know feel comfortable enough and me showing him the respect and us turning up to create a beautiful photograph that was as much me the vision of him and him his gift of giving and being such an incredible artist and being able to sort of create this magic in between. Mm. Um, and that photograph was so, you know, it was well received in the arts world and went to Moran Prize and um, and various other places in Australia and Deakin University. It's currently hung in um, the Aboriginal Centre out there and for education out there and it's, um, it's in the permanent collection. Um, and that happened on that floor, just there, two metres away. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, of course, out the back here, um, I've got the tributary of the Janjuk, um, the Spring Creek, and, that, and there's beautiful natural bush. We've got native sandalwood and gum trees and a lot of um, beautiful grasses out there, just just sort of sort of as my outdoor studio. Very lucky. That's cool. Yeah. I'd love to come and see the studio sometime, actually, and maybe in more normal times, but... Yeah. Uh, probably a good segue actually into Indigenous culture. I know that's very, very important to you. And how does it fit in with, I don't know what the right question to ask is here, how does it fit in with arts and creativity on the surf coast, regional Victoria? I think the words arts and culture, you know, yep. you think about it. Um, and, and also you look at my perspective from that sociology and creative um, space where I've come to observe people. And I think we, there's sort of certain places you go to, like Point Addis or somewhere, and you go, oh, this has got a good feel here. Mm. Or what is this? This, what is, this feels amazing, this place. Or you sort of, you go to, oh, I've got to go to that place today. I just want to, you know, connect into, you know, into the trees out there. And, and I think there's something about that that I always feel well, I want to capture the essence of where I live and the people I live with here. And I think I've always had this grand view of going after Northern Territory or working in, you know, um, other places but over time I realised that the essence of what we where we live and who we live with and around is probably sometimes going closest to yourself is the hardest art to do of all because it's so close you can't walk away from it and and but it's also most rewarding mm -hmm. and I think you know getting to know Karina and working in that space I really worked I thought well my my story belongs here I don't need to go somewhere else to deliver something magical in fact I'll probably miss the point I actually just need to capture the stories of the people that I know and that live here and not necessarily Aboriginal but I mean I just think that fascination came for me was that connection to country and feeling yeah. into the landscape and going well I think I could definitely go there I want to you know find out about that ochre and I want to get feel it feel that casuarina and want to want to know what what the stories were to, to the landscape that we live in before we were here tens of thousands of years ago. And I think once you go into that space, you can't never go back. You kind of yeah, never see the world in the same way. Mm. No, you definitely can't. And to think our history is, you know, this, it's tiny compared to Indigenous culture in Australia. So there's so many stories to tell. And 
I guess that's a, that'll be a continuing theme is to uncover all these amazing stories on the surf coast, regional Victoria, in the city as well. And NADOC Week is just becoming um, more, more embraced by everyone in Australia. I feel there's a real shift and I think, um, you know, the, there's been a, a, where people have been leaning into wanting to know more and they want to explore that. And, and, and for some people, there's a fear of learning because they don't want to ask the wrong questions. Mm. But I think the more we can work together and deliver sort of programs for people for deep listening and education through art practice, even in my perspective, it creates the opportunity for people to just lean in and listen mm. to the stories or yeah. just see those faces. And, and simply I see my role as not um, interfering with that and not changing any of that, but providing a, like a almost like a tunnel for the water to flow. So visually you see their stories and their vision of who they are. I'm just creating the infrastructure for those stories to flow through. And, you know, they arrive in, it sounds like Mike TV out of Child and Talk Factory, but they sort of, <laughs> all these little micro little thing segments come together and they pr pr are produced at the other end of the tunnel and well, bang. That's a nice yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. I can see you've got a really strong why there, Fern, because it can be tough for creatives, I think, to, to get out of bed sometimes. And especially during times like Corona, when your workflow gets hammered by, you know, 80%, as you said before. And that sounds like a really strong why to bring those things together and kind of act as a conduit for storytelling. Yeah, conduit's an interesting word. And, and I love the idea of water and how we're made up of water. A lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, 80% yeah. of the body is water. Like I have that, to yeah. consult Jess PT here. No, no, I can't remember. <laughs> That's something like that. Jess is very non-committal on that question. But, uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't even know. We just let it flow. That's all we need yeah. to do. Just, just make it, it up. <laughs> I mean, we live on the surf coast too, so we've got this beautiful connection to salt water as yeah. well. And, yeah. um, and I love it when the, you know, there's little, like you go down to 20 plus, um, not possos. Um, yeah, possos is where the there's a, that connection to the the river and the and the yeah. up to the salt water and um, and then I did some photography just recently for Grangamite Catchment Management Authority, and they've set up this weir which is actually to enable all the eels and the fish to travel through up and wow. back along the water. So yeah. that commercial corporate work informs my creative work. It's really beautiful that marriage between the two because. You know, you're getting paid to go and work photographing a weir, yeah. but then you're talking with Aboriginal people about their connection to water and eel and, and and what that means to them and their food sources, but also their you know totems and so they're all they're all just a beautiful uh, marriage of that. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely get a real sense for, of that as well when you're in between waves and you're kind of sitting around waiting and it's freezing cold and you look at the land and there's definitely that connection there. It's something yet yeah, you don't really get on land, but quite special but uh from those magnificent stories and all the rest we'll we'll ask you a, a techie question Fern have you got any tools or software apps to keep you on track during the day any, any favorites oh that one's throw me I mean I don't really <laughs> think there's anything um exciting I can tell you apart from you know the basic tools of practice that I use for editing Lightroom and Photoshop and yeah um uh, well, I did get a Zoom last year to, to record the interviews and have a go at that. So I feel like I'm just exploring new tools. So I don't have anything uh, you know, amazing to tell you about my tools, but I do like exploring new things like sound and, and looking at the ability to develop my crea um, creativity in the art direction sense. So those photographs I took for my journey on water on country 
did involve sound, but they're now going to um, move on to another exhibition which will only involve the visual element because it doesn't allow for the sound to be there. Uh, but I think there's the tools of my trade here. Oh, have a few plants around the studio. <laughs> I did <laughs> see those in the background. Space. Uh, create a harmonious space. We're big on plants too. We love them. Oh, yeah. We just got to keep them alive. That's all. Natural light, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of natural light. Um, you know, getting out for a surf or a swim and yeah. keeping the balance. I think that's really important. If I, if I haven't had any exercise or connected to nature for a few days, which has yeah. happened a few times during the holidays because the kids are kind of do other things, yeah. um, I do get a bit kind of edgy and I sort of think, God, let me get outdoors. And Yeah. yeah. I'm exactly the same. You get a bit funny, don't you? You get a yeah, bit fuzzy but... in the head and... You just know you have to go for a surf or a walk or a run or something. And that's the tool. I think that's it. I mean, we've all got the technical tools to use and create and do what we need to do, but, the, yep. the, you know, the key is, to, and it sounds really um, simple and easy to listen to, but not always easy to follow, is just to keep it simple, stupid, and keep the balance. Yeah. And get out in the garden. If you can't get out away, like I can't always be dragging Severy everywhere. Um, yeah. Seville's kind of you know, loves it to be home, but we also love going out for walks. We've been down playing basketball at Jan Jack today. And oh, cool. Doing whatever. It's a nice day today, actually, and yeah. on the surf coast. Yeah, it's totally Compared to the last couple of days. But um, I guess back to our non-techie questions, Jess, about inspiration. Uh, we just touched on inspiration a bit there, but do you have anyone in particular who inspires you and why? Now tell us why. <laughs> yeah, tell us why. <laughs> Look, I feel um, inspired just by, uh, that's, a big, that's actually sounds like an easy question to answer, but it's not for me. I've it's never not. been one to follow a particular artist, but I've been excited when I have been working with artists that I've kind of been inspired by and thought, wow, what am I, I can't believe I actually, a photograph of mine is being integrated into their art practice. So um, not that I follow A Way I Way Way, but one of his my photographs of Archie Roach was made into Lego, and I got to go oh, in for right. hours. Michael Gadinsky from Russian Records got me to go into photograph the photograph of the Lego of the photograph. Oh, so this photograph of Archie was taken here in the Back Creek, that then became Lego by I Way Way, an installation he did at the National Gallery, and then I got asked to go in and photograph after hours the Lego of the photo. Ah, um, and it's sort of like, and then that—that's his album cover for "Let Love Rule." So ah, I think, there you go. Yes, you know, but I've talked about Archie twice. Maybe we'll give him my first choice. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely inspiration because he worked. You know, he's 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 worked against adversity and stuck to his um, vision as a creative storyteller through his photo his um, music and songwriting. So you know, he's very inspiring. There's other people that I work And you got to meet the great man, Michael, did it, uh, the late Michael Gadinsky as well. Oh, no, no, he just oh, he... orders from his phone. I, I have seen him <laughs> back. <laughs> I did You've got his back. phone number, his old phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him backstage. I worked for, um, I did work for Tennis Australia for, um, for, for the Australian Open. I did all the music stage photography for a couple of years there. And Mushroom Records predominantly had a lot of their artists were on show there so Jimmy Barnes and um, you know there was heaps of heaps of crew there so I got to photograph them and but I have been working in the music industry since I was 14 15 and I did work for Falls Festival for 10 years and um, and 
Ferry, I was the official photographer for Port Ferry Folky for 15 years. Oh, cool. So yeah, the music plays a big part. So you're always likely to come across, if you like, famous people, but essentially that, that being backstage and being just yourself and get being busy just mm. keeps you, you know, grounded and you realise like these artists have come from a place of story and they're always telling their story and they they just want the space to feel, you know, yeah. listened to and heard and seen. And and I think um, it does take people like the great Michael Gidinski to help people realise those visions. So I think artists yeah. need to be able to trust collaboration and work through spaces and find the right people to help them realise that they're not on their own. I think I can sometimes feel quite isolated in my space, but it's really good when you can find those people that trust you to 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 realise that vision. Like I, I was I was hoping to go to Ballarat Photo Benali and I'd lost all hope because I really didn't think I'd be able to take my project there. And the director, Fiona Sweet, sort of rang me a few weeks ago and said, look, we haven't been able to find a space for Journey on Water on Country, your installation about, you know, the stories of Aboriginal people locally, but how about we project your photographs onto the Ballarat Town Hall? <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, that, that's, that's what the Biennale is doing. So, yeah, that's... Um, Similar well, to what they I do in the city in Melbourne. Yeah. And it's I mean, and... look, it's kind of a bit exciting, but we have to go through a very big process of getting all the um, permissions done by through the Wadarong, and it's very important for everyone to feel safe, culturally safe in the work I do. So it does always require stepping through those mm. um, hoops to make sure that we don't, don't upset anyone. So not everyone has yeah. signed off on that yet, but it might be a reduced version or we might have more because there's a, um, there's there's some in the pipeline, new portraits and and uh, interviews to be done of some elders that live in Ballarat. So we want to ensure oh, cool. that they all get um, seen and, and seen on this um, Ballarat Town Hall. And the Ballarat International Photo Biennale launches, I think it's 28th of August and goes to 26th of October. So it will be projected onto the Town Hall every night at dark uh, for, for those two months. And... So wow. There's a bit going on in Ballarat, isn't there? Yeah. They really light it up in winter. Like it's such a cold place in winter. Oh, but exactly. we got the ice skating rink and we, me and Jess are both from Ballarat, so we know oh, what the winters awesome. are like. But it's yeah. great to see a lot happening down there yeah, or across there. Well, it's incredible to think we have um, an international Biennale right in our back door where you guys are from. <laughs> um, yeah. It must be a good energy zone and a lot of creatives descending on that space, you know, yeah. um, and not necessarily being able to afford to be in Melbourne. A lot of people are going out to, to yeah. regional areas like Ballarat, Bendigo, Castlemaine are becoming incredibly beautiful hotspots for artists and, of course, here too. Yeah, you're talking like an hour on the V-line, especially from Geelong as well. Ballarat, about an hour and five, hour and ten minutes, so it was super quick and, yeah, yeah the rent's half half price so get on down to regional victoria yeah imagine trying to drive from brighton to the inner city sub city every day if you had to take the same journey yeah yeah i reckon there's been times where i've been oh (laughs) for six years um but i lived in all different types of areas and yeah um, was that fascinating journey there fern and thanks for being so open and honest about your mental health and other issues as well I think a lot of people take a lot of comfort from that. You know, it's, I'm sure it's an issue among some of our listeners for sure, given that it affects one in five people. So yeah, I think what do you have fun. What do you have coming up and where can we go to keep following your story? Thank you. Uh, well, thank you to you both for generously sharing your time to listen to myself 
and hear my story. And I oh, wish you all good. the best. It's, it's our privilege, well. as always, to yeah, interview guests. Yeah, so. we love it. <laughs> I almost want to interview you here because it feels like it's too one-sided. I'd love to hear about your plan, baby coming, and so exciting. Um, Actually, we're I, planning to an episode, episode 50, just to <laughs> recap and update people what we're doing and the rest. So well, uh, back to you, though. Back oh, to your story. I can't wait. Do you want me to help? <laughs> I'm sort of thinking I'll probably, well, I'll, first and foremost, I've got fernmillan.com, which is a bit of an old website. And at Fernmillan Photography is my handle, social media, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, so I am I am selling my prints online with Art Edit. You can look up Art Edit Fernmillan. They're based in Sydney. Uh, so I, I sort of only have about 10 on there at the moment. Um, so Art Edit is a good you know, sort of organisation based in inner West Sydney. Um, and of, of course, you know, the Ballarat Photo Biennale, you can look at, I'm in the core program, core outdoor program, so the BIFB, Ballarat International Photo Biennale. Uh -huh. um, and of course, yeah, I'll, most of my little activities I'm up to usually post online. And, um, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me and in my little studio in Janjuk. And I was going to say, is that open to the public? Can we can drop in and say hello or...? It's, it's more it's a booking it's a booking only. yeah i'm never i'm not i'm not like nine to five you know so i mean i might not be here and um i, I find it hard to predict the time that i might be but i yeah. have had it open for the arts trial before but mum and i or Rhonda millen myself and myself will be exhibiting at, at a studio in aries inlet for the surf coast arts trail which begins on the seventh is it the, the first weekend of august did post about that last night, so we should know. But I will. I think I'm have it right. making. Yeah, I think yeah. it's print making and um, yeah, and painting. And I'll have a lot of my prints there for sale as well. And we'll just be yeah, hanging cool. around for a chat. If anyone wants to come into to Hartley Street in Aries Inlet? It's all listed on the line. So yeah, very cool. And we'd love for you to get to. Uh, our monthly coffee meet up as well. We've been to a couple and we'd love to see you there going forward. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. It's really great. Thank you. That's all good. And Jess, where can we go to follow the Surf Coast Creators and Fern, listen to Fern's podcast as well? Uh, so you can find this episode and more details to all the links that Fern's just gone through at uh, www.surfcoastcreatives.com. Um, the podcast is on there, all these links through and then you can go to the Facebook and Instagram which is Surf Coast Creatives all one word so, yeah. at Surf Coast Creatives Instagram and Facebook perfect <laughs> but otherwise Fern I hope you enjoyed that oh rock on guys thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's a fascinating story thanks for being so honest with us it's an incredible journey the last 20 years and here's to the rest of 2021 and I hope it all continues to go well for you yeah that's all you know, support each other and be awesome. <laughs> That's it. That yeah. might be our slogan. Support each other and let's be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Fern. Thank you. Thanks, guys.